voice hearings, voice 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 hearings, voice 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 this is Hearing Voices, conversations with the voices that bring the excitement of college sports alive. Now, here's your host, the voice of your fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Welcome back in, Tiger fans. It's another week of Hearing Voices, and uh, we have officially switched now to basketball season. And before we know it, uh, as I know the fans are well aware, We'll be uh, transitioning into baseball. It never stops here on Hearing Voices, and it's great to be back. And this coming weekend, we got two teams getting together inside the Marriott Center, and both teams desperately looking to get back to their winning ways after pretty good non-conference starts, uh, but then struggles in both uh, conference plays. The SEC Big 12 Challenge, it takes place at the Marriott Center. Tip-off at 1 o'clock, it'll be LSU and the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. So welcome uh, to the show. Uh, the voice of uh, Red Raider basketball and baseball since 2016. Before that, 11 years at Oral Roberts University handling the same sports. Uh, welcome to the show, Jeff Haxton. Jeff, uh, great to finally talk with you, although I learned, uh, because I'm getting older, uh, that this isn't the first time we met, but it's it's great to see you again, even by uh, video. Yeah, it's great to see you, Chris. We, we got to cross paths down in Mexico, of all places, and uh, your equipment was a lot better than mine. And I couldn't dial out of that ballroom that we were in. So you uh, you finished up a game and said, hey, just bring it on over here, dial in. And that uh, was the first time that I'd actually used one of those pieces of equipment. But you saved my rear end that day, Chris. I, and, and you allowed me to use it for the next game, too. So I've always appreciated that. That was a big time broadcaster helping broadcaster thank you no you're very welcome and uh you know i can't tell you the number of times in fact i just got back from fayetteville arkansas and we switched out our gear getting ready for baseball so we changed to a different travel gear for basketball so we can go put the permanent stuff up at alec box stadium and we inadvertently left a cable so i set up during shoot around ready to go man i'm feeling good and uh, realized what connects the mixer to the access codec is not there which for those out there listening and watching, you're dead in the water. You, you, there's no audio going from Fayetteville to Baton Rouge. And in our business, that's a big deal. And uh, luckily, uh, Chuck Barrett, longtime voice of the Razorbacks, I texted him. I said, dude, I need one cable. You think he got one? Uh, 20 minutes later, one of the guys from Sports Properties comes over, hands it to me. We're set up. And nobody knows nice. the difference had I not told that story just now. So uh, we all use, <laughs> can use some help from time to time. Now, I know that everybody who follows the Red Raiders uh, in Texas and Red Raider Nation, they know Jeff Haxton. But for a little context here, uh, for those who are not as familiar, you do know him because in 2021, he went viral for bravely catching a foul ball that was ripped back into the booth. One barehanded catch. And I don't know how many bazillion views it has gotten. But Jeff, that uh, you can't, you kind of made all of us play by play and color analysts that, that cover baseball. You, we all said, yeah, that's what we all do. So you made us all proud. So uh, I know that was a thrilling moment for you. It was uh, thrilling and painful, as I mentioned, <laughs> when I caught it. My my hand hurts so bad right now. And uh, I'll tell you what, Chris, I got so lucky because, um, you know, they're at uh, – it's called Monongalia Ballpark. I don't know if you've ever been up to West Virginia and their new yard, but they have a decent yard there. 
Um, but it's it's up and to the left. And this was post-COVID. So that's my only regret because there was only like 70 people in the house. Like if that would have been a full house, that would have been quite the ovation for that catch. <laughs> but, you know, it's coming off the bat of Jace Young, who's the number two prospect in the Tigers organization. I would I would guess it's coming back there about 95 miles per hour. Um, I was standing. This is, you know, like I do. This is sleepy time, especially with as good as LSU is in baseball. You get a lot of sleepy time. You get a lot of ten uh, one in the seventh. You get a lot of twelve to four in the eighth, and that's kind of where we were with a big lead. I was leaning up against the wall. The ball comes flying back and. It's either going to – it's either – I'm either going to catch it, try to catch it, or wear it in the chest and have it stop my heart. So I uh, – the it basically it disappears because I extend my hand out and the ball's coming up. So I, I don't see – and it just it just hit my hand and, and I still can't believe it. It was just a – it was just a friggin' miracle is what it was. Well, the first thing I thought of when I saw it go uh, – viral and I mean, I mean it was out there everywhere uh, and if you haven't seen it I don't know how but you can simply go to Twitter and I did it earlier today put Jeff Haxton in uh, G-E-O-F-F-H-A-X-T-O-N foul ball and it'll your feed will immediately have yep. the video there um, did, did anybody get a license on this thing I mean I, I can't imagine nobody made a little bit of money especially you on such a, sen- a sensational catch that again w- Multi, multi, multi-million views across all the social networks. Did anybody get anything out of it, or was it just, hey, uh, look at this cool video? I think about it all the time because what you're talking about, you know, you see these influencers and you see these guys and girls on YouTube that have all these subscribers and they're making a, a millions and millions of dollars. Uh, there was no way for me to monetize it. Um, here's what it did, though. Do you guys mess with the behind the mic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I was going to say, the problem with what you did is that we do every game live stream, too, and when I go ducking under the table, I'm not going to have the same kind of uh, you know hero uh, experience that you did. So that's the other reason. But, yes, you're right. We, we do behind the mic, which technically I don't own. So here's what happened. Now – uh, it basically gave everyone at Learfield IMG College, Learfield, whatever you want to call it, um, an example to show why you should do behind the mic. So when they're having their big quarterly meetings up there in Jeff City, Missouri, they play that. Look what you can get from behind the mic. You can go viral. And that's basically, uh, I mean, we, we printed up some T-shirts. I made about 200 bucks on some T-shirts. <laughs> but that was about it. Well, hey, you know what? I hope you spent that 200 bucks, or maybe you uh, invested it wisely. Jeff Haxton, our guest this week on Hearing Voices. Jeff, I said from the get-go, these are two teams that uh, really had a lot of momentum through November and December. Uh, obviously, Texas Tech coming off last year and Mark Adams' first year, 27 wins. He gets a Big 12 AP Coach of the Year. So, again, I, I think everybody thought, all right, this is going to f- kind of follow what we did last year. Uh, LSU, of course, in a rebuild uh, with Coach Matt McMahon and didn't have a roster in April of last year. Um, right. But, again, there was a lot of excitement. You're off to a 12-1 and start. You get the big win over Arkansas to start SEC play in December, and you think you're rolling. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams as far as the wins and losses since joining conference play. But, 
you know, I wanted to hear you talk about it because I look at the schedule and I say, you know what, LSU played out of their first seven conference games, I want to say five or six top 25 teams. That's a tough schedule. Um, and, and Texas Tech did the same with Texas and Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, so there were both with tough schedules. But you guys have lost some heartbreakers. I mean, you took Texas to the wire, you lose by two. Uh, you took Kansas to the wire. You had a tough loss, close game in Fort Worth. My, my question to you is, LSU has struggled, and over the last three to four games, they've been getting, getting beat double digits, 20 points or more. And you can see the mental wear that it's taking on this team. The yeah. flip side for the Red Raiders, having been so close and yet still being a loss and being 0-7, now 0-8 in Big 12 play. Mentally, where are the Red Raiders going into this SEC Big 12 challenge? Not in a good place at all. Um, the expectations were there for uh, an, another really good season and uh, sort of the the hoopla, Chris, on bringing in um, Fardaz Amak, who averaged 19 and 13 at Utah Valley. A couple of mid-major guys, uh, Gardner-Webb transfer, Damarian Williams uh, transfer from North Carolina, Kerwin Walton, who in his freshman year led the Tar Heels in three-pointers um, the uh, the evolution of a guy like Daniel Bacho, who's one of our bigs that you'll see, uh, you know, six eleven Im- imposing figure. Um, uh, Kevin O'Banner, who's you know he's got six double doubles and six NCAA tournament games, um, a hundred and four double figure games in Division One, and we can kind of go on and on with the personnel, and none of it has fit together. Um, you, you talked about the non-con and it, it was one of the weakest non-conference schedules out there. If you, if you throw out playing Ohio state and Creighton out in Hawaii, because your other Hawaii opponent was Louisville. If you throw out those two, I mean, it, there's, it's one of the worst non-con schedules as far as strength goes in the country. So we really didn't know who we were until we started playing these conference games. And, um, you know, it just gets off to a really rough start because one of the craziest things is our first conference game is at TCU. It's on the day they're playing in the final four, the college football uh, playoff. And so, we there's about 65 to 70 percent Red Raider fans in their building. I just took it over, and we go into the locker room up 11 and just disintegrate. So now you're 0 and 1. Now you got Kansas, you lose that one by two or three. Uh, now you, you, you get into um, some illness, some injury. I, I mentioned Fardaz Amak. He's only played in three games because he broke his foot over the summer and now he's back in a boot. I don't think you'll see him play down at the Pete Maravich center. I don't think you'll see him play again. You're really starting to see those chemistry issues come to the surface. Uh, The game against West Virginia got really bad with uh, body language with, um, you know, just some, we've kind of checked it in uh, type type of situations, you know, a couple of guys giggling at the end of the bench when you're down by 15 to the, the team that you were favored against. You're favored against West Virginia by three at home, and you get beat by 15. And, Chris, here's another bad part about that. 
you got beat by West Virginia's backups. Bob Huggins gets down 15 to five, takes all of his starters out, puts a brand new five in. Those guys act like they want to play. Those guys off the bench end up scoring 50 points, 5-0. You got beat by West Virginia's backups. So it, it is about as low as it can go right now for this Texas Tech team. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, preparing for Matt McMahon's weekly radio show, which we do on uh, Wednesday this week, um, you know, I was looking, researching, watched a little film. I saw, again, mostly highlights uh, for the Red Raiders, and you see the talent that's there. Then all of a sudden I go to the Big 12 statistics and look at the teams, and I realize, wait a minute, they're like fourth in the league in field goal percentage. Uh, they're near the top in steals, uh, pretty good turnover margin. I mean, individually, you look at these statistics and you start saying, what am I missing here? How are they 0-7 now, 0-8 in Big 12 play? And I guess you answered it. It's, it's, there are some great pieces and there are some great play. It's just not come together. And, you know, for LSU, just to give you a little heads up, I've been shocked at how, while I know the mental wear of, of losing seven straight games is certainly there, they were getting ran out of Bud Walton Arena uh, on Tuesday night, down 24 at the half. And you think, okay, I mean, at this point, the way this season has gone, this second half could really get ugly. They come out swinging, hit five of their first six. They eventually take that 24-point lead to 11. And you think, man, if they can hit single digits, we're on here. They couldn't do it. And credit goes to Arkansas for doing that. But uh, it's, it's interesting that you guys have played so well and been so close and here LSU has really started to fall farther and farther behind in, in the last four to five ball games, And, and I don't know that they're in the middle place that, that you described just yet. It'll be interesting to see when these two teams get together as to who wants to be the, the more aggressive and, and, and the more positive uh, team starting yes. on Saturday. Yeah, and I could see it going either way from our side. And, you know, uh, adding on to being up 11 – at TCU at half, you're up nine at Texas at half, you're up five at Kansas State at half, and it's amazing the disappearance of the offense. Those offensive halves against TCU, Texas, and Kansas State on the road were really good. I mean, especially uh, for the way that we played in, in conference, but the second half, it just we get to pound on the ball and, you know, making holes in the hardwood, you know, just kind of pound it, pound it, pound it, throw up a desperation shot. Um, you know, the, the thing that's that, you know, Mark Adams, he's a defensive genius. And this team, if you want to get right shooting the three, you play Texas Tech. It's been unreal. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, talk about you can look at some of those numbers and, and pick and choose and say, yeah, those are good numbers. And I've seen I've seen the same numbers, but you know, West Virginia averages five point six threes per in conference play. They hit ten, so we have not been able to run anybody off the three point line. It has been uh, three point festivals against this defense, and we're just not used to that. You know, uh, uh, Chris Beard came to a, a, an unfortunate demise at Texas, but. Through those years, you know, you get all the way to the national title game in 2019, you played suffocating defense. I mean, you you held that Michigan team in the Sweet 16 game in 2019 to one three-pointer, and that was from uh, a 
a towel waiver at the end of the game when Texas Tech had pretty much secured its way to the Elite Eight. Just not used to seeing how easy teams are scoring on Texas Tech. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, LSU, that uh, there's two things that concern, or there's a bunch of things that concern this coaching staff, but the two major things are turnovers. Um, you know, the, the first two SEC games, uh, the win over Arkansas, 60-57, to single-digit turnovers. They played a heck of a game and a three-point shot at the buzzer away from tying Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Again, yeah. handled turnovers. And since then, it's been double-digit turnovers. And not only turnovers, but teams, very good teams, Auburn, Alabama, obviously Arkansas in the rematch, um, 125 points off turnovers compared to 30 off uh, turnovers yeah. that uh, LSU is able to force. But this is a team that struggles to shoot the ball. And it's interesting because they struggle inside the paint. They struggle. They're the worst two-point shooting team in the SEC. Um, and not that they've lit it up from downtown, but it's interesting you bring up that Texas Tech has had trouble keeping people off the three because really I think overall if you look at this LSU team, they're, they're almost better off shooting threes than twos just simply because of their field goal percentage stat. Um, in the remaining moments we have, Jeff Haxton taking time out. He'll be in uh, the Merivit Center this coming Saturday with the Red Raider Network calling the action of Texas Tech and LSU. If Texas Tech puts it all together, let's say it's a great reset. I know Matt McMahon said he's looking for this out-of-conference game while it kind of stands out there. And I know a lot of coaches don't like um, that it's being played and has been played in January and early February. Uh, but for him, this is kind of almost a reset mode. You played a very difficult start to the SEC. Now you step out of conference, and then not that things get easier, but a little bit easier. Um, not sure if that's the case for Texas Tech. Um, but if Texas Tech can put it all together Saturday, what does that team look like? What should fans expect to see from the Red Raiders if they're able to do what they want to do? Whether you've got tickets to the game or not, you've got to get down to Baton Rouge. From the tailgates and watch parties to the stadium seats themselves, there's nowhere else to be than right here for game day. Go to visitbatonrouge.com to plan all your weekend festivities. Well, one thing that we've been missing is, um, you know, it's it's that kind of that dog mentality. For years, I've been really spoiled because as soon as I got here, um, we missed the tournament my first year. We went to the Elite Eight my second year national title my third year COVID the fourth year round of 32 the next year and sweet 16 the next year and those teams were on the floor first they were terrific and, and again and against teams like Baylor and Kansas uh, you have to be this way if the ball's on the floor you got to go get it if it's a 50 50 ball you got to make it more than 50 50 you need to make it about 70 30. You, you do the little things. You take the charges. We, as a program, have been incredible at taking charges. We don't do it anymore. Just don't do it like we used to. So um, th there's, there's a kid named J Jalen Tyson that started his career at Texas. This is his first year at Tech. He's got all kinds of ability, but sometimes it just doesn't unlock. And if you could see him putting the ball in the basket, you're, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, I'll tell you, just the overall health of this team is not good right now. Um, I buried this, and it's probably the lead for this team personnel-wise. 
Pop Isaacs against West Virginia late in the contest. And Pop is a, a true freshman from Las Vegas who leads the team in three-pointers. He's second on the team in points. He came down and really torqued and rolled his ankle. And so I don't know if Pop will play against LSU. That would be a massive thing. But back to where your question, if you're on the floor first, if you're getting those loose balls, if you're getting in those scrums and you're winning those things and you can grind this thing and get to the line because Texas Tech's given up a, a million free throw attempts, it seems like, that will be pluses for the Red Raiders. And you know you know what it feels like, Chris? It feels like um, – it feels like a mid-level football bowl game a little bit. And you know how bowls are. It's the team that really wants to be there and that shows up and, and is fine with the, the bowl gift package and doesn't mind the fact that they're in Birmingham or wherever they may be and wants to play. We may have some of that on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I, I really just looking at both teams this week after we got back from Fayetteville, I thought one of these teams is going to have to put their foot in the ground and say, guys, this is our chance to at least try to salvage this season. Uh, not necessarily exactly at the midway point, but close enough. Uh, and to be able to step out of conference, reset, refocus, recalibrate before going down basically the back stretch of conference play. I think it comes down to the team uh, that has a bad case of the wants come uh, Saturday around 1 yeah. o'clock. Well, uh, Jeff, I appreciate you taking time out. I know you're safe travels over here. Hope you get to enjoy Baton Rouge for a little bit and find you a great place to eat, get some of the great cuisine, and uh, look forward to seeing you in person again uh, at the Merivit Center coming up on Saturday afternoon. So if you need anything, let me know. Chris, uh, Cajun food is my absolute favorite food. I got really lucky. when we, At two years at Oral Roberts, we – uh, spent two years in the Southland and got to go to Thibodeau and Beaumont and all the places, Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches, all the places that we uh, get that Cajun food. I can't wait to get down there. And for the first time ever, I'm bringing my son. He's 11 years old, huge college football fan. I can't wait to show him around a place that really does it like you guys do. And, and, um, Man, I, I, I know you're ranked number one in baseball. We're about 23. Hopefully, we'll meet up in Omaha. Hey, that sounds like a plan. I'd love to meet you in Omaha with LSU baseball. That'd be fantastic. And by the way, if you're around, make sure you give me a call. Um, we can show the 11-year-old uh, yeah, exactly what uh, the, uh, the, the Tiger Stadium and, and Mike the Tiger. We'll, we'll give you the, the purple carpet tour. So, uh, looking forward That's to awesome. it. We'll see you on uh, Saturday. Again, safe travels and uh, looking forward to a great game. Thank you, Chris. All right, everybody. Jeff Haxton, he's been our guest. He's the voice of Red Raider basketball and baseball for Texas Tech. We'll be back next week. We'll, uh, well, we'll bring in our old friend Chris Stewart because LSU is going to take on Alabama again for the second time. But this time we're going to take them on in Baton Rouge at the Marriott Center. So we all know the outcome will be different. And we'll uh, kind of tell that to Chris Stewart when he joins us next week on another edition. want to thank Jeff for his time, Harrison for all he does on the ones and twos, and we thank you for stopping by as well. Hope to see you next week. And until then, this is Chris Blair, still hearing voices.